Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Justin Kostick. Justin is the head coach for the Arkansas State women's bowling team. Justin, want to thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I thought we would ch- ch- sit down and chat with you. You, you're the head coach at the Arkansas State. You're the Red Wolves. So first off, Justin, I'd like to find out uh, some interesting stuff on your bowling background. And why don't you kind of fill in our listeners as far as your collegiate playing days back when you were at Nebraska, and then even in your high school, because you did quite well back at the when you know back in the Pepsi Youth Championships back in the days. Yeah, um, I'm from Washington State originally. My family, uh, my dad and grandfather, owned a 18-lane bowling center in Centralia, Washington. It's still there. My great-uncle actually still manages it for the people who own it now. Um, my grandfather had it from 64 to 2004, and so that's how, obviously, I got involved in bowling. Um, you know, the... I note that also I I have a cousin on my mother's side that won two national titles in the early 60s. His name was Daryl Lee Cox. He actually passed away in 2009 right after I got this job, but he was very influential in my bowling as well. And then, you know, I had a background, obviously, you know, later when I became, you know, 10 or 11, my uh, mother uh, married Hugh Miller, and so I've had the aspect of, the professional aspect of things and being around bowling for a long time in that regards. And then, you know, so I bowled competitively through high school and was one of the, probably the elite junior players at the time. You know, I bowled against, you know, Fagan and Rash and, and Low Shutter. I mean, Low Shutter is my, my best friend probably right now. You know, I mean, we hang out a, a lot. He was here a couple of months ago and actually was hanging out with the team and stuff like that. So I've been real connected in the bowling world for a long time, you know, just been kind of fortunate. And then I ended up going to Nebraska cause Straub and Hugh uh, knew each other. And, you know, I played there and I had some, you know, competitive issues. I didn't compete as well as I would have liked in my college career. And I also had a, I've had some a wrist trouble that I haven't really gotten fixed. So, I wish that I could still compete a little bit better, but it's kind of nice to be able to help teach and and help others get better as well. And I kind of, you know, fell into this job in 2009. Coach Straub helped me get it, and you know, it's uh, it's been a, a nice ride so far. And hopefully, at some point, we can win national championship. Hey, speaking of uh, Coach Straub, have you heard any uh, any updates? I know he had uh, real serious uh, uh, heart attack. <laughs> Yeah, his aortic valve ruptured. Um, mm. One of the valves ruptured, and you know most people have uh, uh, don't survive. But fortunately, he um, he actually switched his flight from Wednesday um, to thir- or from Thursday to Wednesday at team trials because I took him to the airport on Wednesday because uh, we were rooming together actually at uh, at team trials and and took him there and then. He's in the office all day Thursday, and, you know, and fortunately Coach Klempa was still there because it happened at the end of the day, and, and at the Nebraska Union there's a 
fire station right by there, so the paramedics got there right away, and they diagnosed it the right way because sometimes when that happens, they, they don't know if it's a actual regular heart attack or a stroke. So he was very fortunate um, at this point from what I know is is that he's he is up moving around he he had he did have some issues from being on the on the ventilator um, they had to do something uh, I don't know what they call it to help him with his um, speaking and swallowing and stuff from mm-hmm. being on the ventilator but from what I understand is is he's going to be able to make a 100 percent recovery. Wow, that's that's great news because that was yeah that was something else because I was just there when I saw you. I also saw Coach Straub there in in Vegas at the team trials and uh, pretty shocking news just a couple days after that. So uh, oh, good to hear yeah, that mean, he, was, uh, he was working out like a banshee every day at the at the Rio at the spa or whatever. I mean he's yeah he's, yeah, right, he he's great. become a, a pretty good uh, workout fiend in his later days because he's got a a younger daughter named Megan and you know he's really wanted to take care of himself for her and uh you know, it was just kind of a fluke accident that happened and it's not from eating too many cheeseburgers or anything like that <laughs> you know what i mean i mean he's in good shape yeah i know he looked good he looked good hey at the uh at the team trials down there too when 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 i saw you and when we were chatting and there were a couple of the players that really caught our eye i know uh stephanie mims was one of them she had a just the type of release and ball roll she had was real amazing and then uh and then Sarah Locker, she made the team for 2014 here, and and so it sounds to me like as far as players wise and strength, I think I think you had a couple of other players there as well on the team that were competing. Uh, just I guess tell us a little bit about the talent on your team. Yeah, I mean right now in the coaches poll and the media poll because on the NCAA side we have a poll. I mean we're ranked number one um, in the country at this point, and uh, you know we. Uh, we actually just won our host tournament this past week, and Stephanie Mims, who you're speaking of, made her first all-tournament team um, ah. that she's ever made. Uh, you know, she's got a, you know, a power-type release. I mean, when people see her, it's like, oh, gosh, there's a guy throwing it. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> right. And, and so she's she's got a lot of uh, raw talent. Uh, it's, it's taken a little time to... Um, enhance her game a little bit because, you know, one of the things that I teach is, you know, I teach pretty much on the female side of things because uh, I think females and guys are different in the aspect of teaching somebody how to play. And on the female side of things, I'm more of a walk relatively straight. If you are going to drift, you can drift a little bit to the left, but walk relatively straight, swing relatively straight, and follow through relatively straight, make everything simple because you don't usually have the release like Stephanie on the female side of things. So I, I try to minimize the movements because I believe less movements means less that can go wrong in a pressure situation. Um, and it, she had some serious elbow torque when she got here. So we've had to make a lot of, a lot of drills and trying to get that elbow torque down where it locks back in instead of being, you know, chicken wing or flying out and you know it's taken some time to get her where she's needed to and she's finally starting to progress in the player that that she can be um sarah loker you know she's kind of probably been you know front front runner for player of the year right now and um you know she competed very well at uh at team trials and you know being the only player right now that's currently on 
on the female side of things that is currently on, you know, junior team USA and adult team USA is pretty cool feat. So coach, taking a look at your team, you got girls and athletes all the way from Tennessee to New York to Massachusetts, Virginia. How do you recruit in Arkansas these girls from all over the United States? Well, you know, you go to different tournaments. Um, obviously, like Steve said, I was at an event that he saw me at. Um, so you go to, to different areas. The What people don't know about Arkansas State is is that it is a Division One FBS program, and the difference between FBS and FCS has to do with the football aspect of things, which we could win a, you know, technically we could win a national championship on the FBS side of things. Now we are in, you know, they you have the group of five and the non-group of five or group of, non-group of six, and uh, we're in the non-group with, you know, Conference USA, Mountain West, the MAC, the uh, AAC now is what they call it, and the Sun Belt, and we're in the Sun Belt Conference. So, uh, you know, the we have some pretty nice facilities here, um, athletic, athletic department wise. You know, you come here, and you know our football stadium seats in the low 30s, and our basketball arena seats 11,000. So, you know, you you bring a kid into campus, a lot of kids are usually pretty surprised at how nice and how big the campus is. So it's been pretty easy for me to get uh, players in that regard. And the old coach here, his name was Chris James, and, and he did a pretty good job recruiting, and I fell into a pretty good situation when I took over in 2009 because, you know, I, you know, speaking of Coach Straub, when he uh, helped me get this job, I uh, one of the things I thought when I got here was is, you know, I probably have two or three people that can play and a bunch of people who fired in the head then because, you know, that's what I was used to seeing on the female mm-hmm. side, and I was presently surprised. Hey, how much uh, how much time do you guys spend uh, working, you know, on the lanes as far as physical game a week? Like, do you have a certain kind of a training schedule, or is there a certain kind of a classroom knowledge you guys work on, you know, understand lane patterns or that kind of stuff? What's the, what's the strategy for the team there? We practice... We practice four days a week because we don't have our own practice facility, so we are at the we have to use a bowling center. We would practice more because we would practice weekends in the off season, so we'd probably be five or six days a week, if not, because we have to have an for NCAA rules. You have to have an off day a week, so we use Monday as our off day because our tournaments are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Monday fits for the off day because of the way our tournaments are. So that's why we practice four days a week. Sometimes it is five days a week in the off season. At the beginning, before we're going to tournaments, we actually will practice on Mondays and use Saturday or Sunday as the off day. But when you get into season, Monday is usually off day, so we're usually going four days a week um, if we're not traveling. If we're traveling, it's Monday, Tuesday, or I mean, sorry, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because um, we leave Thursday, but we'll practice at the bowling center um, at the tournament site beforehand and then compete Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because our tournament's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But uh, usually Tuesdays is an individual-type workout um, for practice, and we will take um, two or three – I'll take two or three people at, at one time, and that's when we usually get a lot of the physical work done of individually looking at things of – like, you know, for example, I worked on Stephanie and Sarah's drift this 
last day because they were going too far left, and it was causing, like, for a Sarah instant, her swing was getting a hair behind her. And, you know, we work on, we do fundamental drills like one steps, three steps, a ball by side, walk one, throw one, all things that I got from Coach Straub at Nebraska. Um, uh, and so we do those type of things a lot on Tuesdays. And then on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, we get into talking about, we talk, uh, do a lot of stuff with equipment. And we also do uh, fundamental drills usually for the first hour. And then usually the second hour, we all will usually do some type of scrimmage. That's kind of how we handle practice. But we also get into some classroom stuff, talking about equipment. You know, I've really gone over with the girls. Like I did a PowerPoint presentation, and I took every bowling ball that Storm and Red Ogre has and put everything in, in low RG, medium RG, high RG, low diff, medium diff, high diff. You know, which ones are hybrid cover stocks, which ones are pearlized cover stocks, which ones are solid cover stocks. This is why you would throw this ball in short pattern. This is why you would throw this ball in long pattern, medium pattern, um, because of the RGs and the differentials and the cover stocks. And then we also, but I, I also, I, I'm kind of like the old, a little bit on the old school side is, is even with all that information, you still got to let your the ball be your guide. So, but we get into, you know, why a short pattern you play the outside part of the lane, why a long pattern you play the inside part of the lane. But just because it is a long pattern doesn't always mean that you can't play outside because it depends on the topography of the lane. So I try to make sure that, yes, all this information is great, but I try to let them know that it's just your guide. Um, also, I teach them to look at the loads in the graph and a lot of times if you see that three load in the pattern that's kind of where you want to hug the oil line is usually if you see a three load um and that's stuff that i got actually from hugh from hanging around on tour with him you know he's always like if you see a three load in the pattern you know you just that's where you want to usually be hitting at the arrows well that's great advice for bowlers of any age and of any skill level so thank you for that little nugget there justin want to touch base on how was bowling different back when you were bowling at nebraska collegiately versus nowadays what you're seeing with with all these different tournaments and the team usa trials and the and everything just talk about the you know how bowling and how collegiate bowling has changed throughout the years uh, one of the things i mean talking about lane conditions when i first started half the tournaments for sport pattern half the tournaments were a house pattern you didn't know and and they also didn't post the graph you know until they started posting the graph probably in the middle of my college career and then now i mean everywhere you go they post the graph and so that that has that has changed and we actually get the lane condition a week ahead of time for our tournament so we're actually able to practice on it a week ahead of time um so that aspect has, has changed a lot because, you know, when heck, when I was competing in high school and just like I'm sure when, when you were competing, Steve, I mean, you didn't know what the condition was. Your ball had to tell you what you needed to do. That's right. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's, a, it's a, a lot different. Equipment has changed a lot, too. I mean, uh, you're going through so many different variables with equipment. It's the, the information has definitely changed. I mean, technology and information, there's a lot more information out there than there was when I was competing. I mean, before, you know, I, I just threw a bowling ball, and if it went through the pins the right way, that was the right ball, you know. And now you're able to make a lot more logical guess of why this is the right ball, because this is a, you know, a five-inch pin with a 
55 by 5 by 35 or, you know, I'm just using a random number, but, you know, uh, this is why this is going to work on, you know, the short pattern and, you know, this has got 2,000 service on it to make the ball, you know, not do as much in the back end and control the back end of the short pattern. So it's, it's, it is definitely, there is definitely a lot more information out there. But the one thing that, and that, but the one thing with all of that that's been a, a struggle on the teaching side of things is is a lot of people think that their shot quality or the reason why they don't get it to the pocket is because of the equipment. And I, I'm a firm believer that of the old line of just throw it better <laughs> because I'm a little more on the old school side. I mean, uh, my stepfather actually wrote an article for the Northwest Bowling Paper um, it's the Seattle bowling paper. And he went to a tournament with my, my half brother. They went to a junior bowlers tour and my stepfather wrote an article talking about how he had nowhere to sit because there was so much equipment in the bowlers area. And he used a story of when he bowled with Earl Anthony in 1982 at the PBA national of where my stepfather shot about 200 over and Earl shot like 40 over and we're crossing together, and by the end, Earl was leading, and my stepfather was struggling to get a check. So Hugh went up to Earl and was like, um, what did you do different the, these next two blocks or whatever? And he's like, Huey, I just threw it better. And I think that a lot of kids would be better off thinking more of, hey, I need to get better physically and throw the ball more like a Machuga or an Ozio physical game-wise than always, always thinking that it's the equipment. The equipment is great. And the information that you have today from the equipment is fantastic. And obviously, we wouldn't be where we were at today if it wasn't for Storm helping us out, um, and Storm Roto Grip helping us out on the equipment side of things. But I do think that people use don't do enough of working on their physical game like they should and go too much to the equipment side of things. Well, that's... Uh... Yeah, that's a lot of a lot of good information there. Hey, last question I've got for you, Justin. Uh, you were talking, you know, a little bit. That's awesome that uh, that you. Well, we're going to be hearing a lot of uh, of Sarah's name in the future. So thank you first off for correcting us on the pronunciation of her last name because we are going to be hearing her a lot. So we do know Sarah. Loker. Yeah, yeah, it is Loker. And we are uh, and we are definitely very proud here at Storm uh, to have you. Uh, affiliated with our our brand and and congrats on the terrific job you're doing with the program there um but last question i've got for you justin what kind of uh advice or tips do you have for the younger players who are you know i saw a lot of very very talented young bowlers at the team trials and what advice do you have for them for those who are considering you know taking the next step going from you know from their maybe their high school bowling and stepping it up and trying to find a good competitive uh, team to uh, compete on in college. What kind of advice? I'm, I mean, I would. I think that today with what you have with YouTube and and those type of things, you can market yourself very well. I mean, if you look at the football side of things, people have marketed themselves very well through YouTube, and you can get noticed very easily through that aspect of things because a lot of on the bowling side of things, you either have your club teams. You have your NAIA teams, and you have your NCAA teams. But even your NCAA teams, very few have a decent-sized budget to go out and do a whole lot of recruiting. You know, I'm very fortunate 
but I've been able to have a, a enough of a budget to do some recruiting. But so it 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 makes it still very difficult for a lot of kids to get noticed because we don't have the budgets to be everywhere to be looking at kids over and over and over again. So I would market yourself through YouTube, do a lot of contacting um, of coaches and that aspect of things on your own because it is very difficult still to even get noticed um, on our side of things because because of the budget aspect of things. And, but there is a lot of scholarship dollars out there, you know, especially, you know, like I said, with the NAIA and on our side, on the NCAA side of things, um, you know, I could give you a little background of that a lot of people don't know about if, you know, on the NCAA side of things, if you're a Division One program or Division Two, you do have the capability um, of having five full-ride scholarships that you can split up however you want. So that we are what's called an equivalency sport. So you can split up the scholarships. So you could give one kid a 50, another kid 35, another kid 75, another kid 100. So you could split up all the scholarships, but you could just only go to five scholarships. And that's an institutional choice if they want to be fully funded with all five scholarships. I don't know what other programs have. And even if I did, I wouldn't comment on it because that's not my business to say. But... Um, the scholarship aspects of things. There's lots of really good opportunities on the female side of things for scholarship dollars on NAIA and NCAA side of things. The guy side, they have to just go NAIA, and I, I think that it will be a long time before. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be ever possible for guys bowling to go NCAA because of Title IX is the main reason why women's bowling has been a um, – a, a varsity sport at the NCAA level. But, I, yeah, I mean, I think that you can get noticed there. I mean, most coaches are able to attend, you know, Junior Olympic Gold because that's a, a big event. So, I mean, that's a place that you definitely should try to get to because there will be a lot of coaches there. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's the, the main aspect of things is just getting yourself out there as much as you can. Well, great advice, Justin. Uh, Caustic, thank you for joining us. And Justin, do us a favor. Keep us in touch on, on how the team progresses through the rest of the year. And by all means, tell your players if they want to join us. I know myself, Coach here, we're always looking for good interviews. And, and um, if they're interested, you know, have them shoot one of us an email, and we'd love to highlight some of the, some of the uh, athletes on your team. All right, no problem. I appreciate you having me, and I um, wanted to thank you guys. I mean, I was very, very flattered for you guys inviting me on your show. Thanks, Jeff.